Here we want to talk about relying on Hashem completely. This is going to be the entrance to the Sha'ar, meaning the introduction. Okay? Which is a much larger volume. It has 10 Sha'ars, 10 gates. This is the fourth gate. He's going to say, Since our previous discussion, meaning in the third Sha'ar, which we didn't read, it was focused on having to accept the service of Hashem. You have to work for Hashem. I found that we need to talk about the one thing you need in order to properly serve Hashem. And that's having full reliance and trust on Hashem in everything we do. It's very, very crucial to have bitachon. Why? It gives you great benefits, not only spiritually, but it gives you great benefits in your in your physical world, in your worldly matters, in your life. And here are the benefits of having real trust, starting with the Torah matters. The first of the benefits spiritually, the first, the first uh, benefit is you have full peace of mind and reliance on Hashem and the way that a servant relies on his master. Meaning, a servant just has to show up for work. His house is taken care of, his food is taken care of. He doesn't have to worry about all the different worries of work and life and business and health. If he needs a doctor, his master sends him, a, gets him a doctor. His master takes care of all his needs. All his needs are taken care of. All he has to do is show up. Literally show up to work, do the task that he gives you, the rest of your life's taken care of. So that's the first one. First is you get that peace when you relax. You just show up to life, Hashem takes care of the rest. He has to rely on Hashem though in everything. It can't be half and half because if he doesn't put all his trust in Hashem, then some of his trust is gonna go into someone else. And if some of his trust goes into someone else, then he's not like a real servant, right? So if you have a guy who's a servant and his master is giving him everything, but a part of him also relies on the guy next door. You know, he's with the guy's going to give me some employment. I need him to also take. He's half and half. He's one foot in, one foot out. He's not fully relaxed. He's not fully under the wing of his master. He's, he's scattered a little bit. He's also not giving attention to the other guy. He's not completely whole in his trust. And the problem is, is that when a person puts his trust in something else other than Hashem, Hashem takes away his deep input on the person and leaves him in the hands of the person he put his trust in. So the master might say, listen, you're my servant. I was taking care of you 24-7 on everything. You're trusting half your life in the other guy's hands. So listen, I'm going to let the other guy take care of you. I'm going to let my neighbor take care of you. I told you, you know, I told you under me, I was going to take care of you fully. You want to also trust the other guy and rely on him? Okay, then I'll let, I'll let you rely on him with these things. Same thing with Hashem. We can't say, okay, we trust Hashem, but then the areas we don't trust Hashem, someone else is going to run our life. So we're going to be living in two worlds. It's not going to be so comfortable. It's like someone who who, who then says, it says this in Yermia, about the Kisha time, My people committed two evils. They forsaken me, the source of living waters, to dig for, the, for themselves cisterns that cannot hold water. They're saying not only, so the Navi is saying not only 
they, 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 they step away from me where I'm living waters. I give them water. Hashem is saying, I am the living waters. They went to dig up a, a, a pottery to collect other water with holes in it. There's holes in the pottery. It's not even going to help them. And it says they exchanged their glory for the likeness of a grass-eating ox. Meaning an ox, let's see what it says here. Oh, they're, they're comparing it to the golden calf. It's saying like a person is is is, is taking away Munan Hashem to go worship, worship let's say, the Egel. The, the and, and it distances us. And it's not reliable. Right? So Chavot Lavot is basically saying that we shouldn't try to replace our trust in Hashem with anyone else because it's going to be like a like a pot with a crack in it. It's it's not going to be uh, uh, something that's reliable to hold our waters. We need to trust something that doesn't have any cracks or holes. Hashem is complete. And then the pasuk continues to say that blessed is the man who trusts in Hashem because then Hashem is his security. Like we said, the guy feels calm. It says that a person who puts his trust, he doesn't have to turn to other people who might be arrogant or who might be misleading them, or who might just, who might not really be able to provide for them, right? Because a lot of times we'll rely on human beings. Like a good example is a lot of, unfortunately, the masses rely on government, the people in power. People in power aren't really reliable. They're just a little, they're arrogant and they're, they're they have power and they're, and they're hungry and they're, you know. So they're saying that when we give up our trust in Hashem and we put trust in other people, we're now subject to these people who, who are not really are not really proper. They're not really complete. And it says a person who trusts in people and makes flesh and blood his his reliance, the guy's cursed. He's gonna live a cursed life because he's he's gonna be alone. He's he's relying on human beings that that can't really help a person. That can't really give him what he needs. If instead of trusting in Hashem, a person now trusts his own wisdom. So I was like, okay, we already established a guy who trusts a guy who trusts another human being. It's a problem. We already said why. Now he's saying there's also a guy who trusts himself. He trusts his own wisdom. He thinks he's clever. He thinks he has money. Maybe he thinks he's physically strong. You know, guy believes in himself. He said the guy's going to exhaust himself. He's going to stress himself out. He's going to toil and toil because... So if he's in maybe the government, he could say, oh, I, I run the city, I run everything. Beautiful example. You have a politician who thinks he runs the world. I mean, we all in a way do this, right? When we rely on ourselves. And it says, what does Hashem say? Hashem says, listen, Fadal, you know, I'll, I'll let you, I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm going to let you do your thing. And, and now you're subject to your own limitations. We're all human. And once now the guy is really fully reliant on himself, he's going to realize that he's too limited. Too limited. How can I manage a marriage perfectly? How can I manage a business perfectly? How can I manage my health perfectly? How can I manage my education? How can I... How could a guy do everything? He realizes I'm too limited. I think I'm smart. I think I'm brilliant. I think I'm strong. But it's too big. Life's too, it's too complicated. It's too difficult. It says Hashem, it says this in Yov. Hashem traps the wise in their shrewdness. Meaning a guy who's very clever, he starts to realize my cleverness is actually my danger because I'm, I'm trying too hard 
to 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 use my intelligence, but it's too much. My 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 brain is gonna max out. The Amar Shabti Verotahat Hashemesh and it says this in Kohelet, King Solomon, who, by the way, was the wisest man in history, according to the, to the sages, and was also the richest at one point. He says in Kohelet, he says, I saw under the sun that the race is not won by the swift. Wow. Nor the battle won by the strong. Nor does bread come to the wise, nor does riches come to the intelligent. Wow. Let's break this down. King Solomon, who literally saw it all, says the race is not won by the people running the fastest. The battle isn't won by the strongest guy. Bread doesn't just come to the most smartest guy. And riches don't just come to the most shrewd guy. His father told him, King David and Tehillim, regarding the foolishness of relying on yourself instead of Hashem, Young lions may want and hunger, but those who seek out Hashem will not lack any good. Meaning, if we rely on Hashem, if a person relies on Hashem, then God willing, you win the battles, you run the fastest, you get your bread, you do your thing. Because again, Hashem ultimately is the one that can bring you infinite success. You're limited. We are naturally limited. It's just the way we are. And now they're saying a person might say, okay, you're right, I don't rely on other human beings. I know other human beings are limited. And he says, you know, I'm not relying on my intelligence. I know I'm limited. But now you have a guy who, let's say, says he's relying on his wealth. He says, listen, I'm a billionaire. I'm a multimillionaire. I have money. I have connections. I have political connections. I have power and influence. What's the problem? I can access anything I want. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Okay, yeah, I'm not a genius. I need Hashem for my, I can't make the best decisions. My marriage is tough. Business is tough, of course. I can't, but the money in my pockets, money in my pocket. At the end of the day, I can go buy what I want. It says that eventually a guy can realize that his wealth can be taken from him and left for others to enjoy like that. And by the way, personally in business, I've had experiences where we sold product. The product was sold. The product was shipped. The money was paid to the business. The business had the money in the bank account. The money was then taken from the bank account and paid to me in commission. Six months passed since the commission was in my pocket and some of it was already spent. Even then, something came up in business where the money was potentially at risk because of something that the customers have to take it back. And I'm like, wow, you would think six months later, the product shipped, the product sold, the money's in the bank, the money's in my pocket. I spent some of it. I still almost lost it. So they're saying eventually the rich guy realizes, okay, you know what? My money does help me, but I could really get it taken away at any point. It's it's kind of crazy. And then he quotes Mishle here. He quotes, he quotes King Solomon where he says, do not weary yourself to become rich. Refrain from relying on your own understanding. You cast your eyes upon wealth and it's gone. It makes itself like wings and like an eagle at source to the heavens. Meaning, you might have money in your pocket today. One day it's going to fly away. And maybe in a good way. Maybe charity. Maybe. But the point is, one day you're going to realize you don't want to hold on so hard to your money. Your money's not going to be everything to you. You might give it to charity. You might use it to support people. Or if God forbid a person who's the other direction, maybe he loses it. Who knows? The point is, he says... You can't, you can't put your trust in, in, in your wealth. You can use your wealth as a part of who you are to, to do good, but you can't rely 
on your wealth. You have to, you have to, you have to rely on Hashem. And then what does King Solomon say? Let's say the guy keeps his money somehow. He puts, he says, you know what? Literally, he takes it. He puts it in a in, under his pillow. That's it. He locks it up. No one could get to it. King Solomon says, what could happen? What could happen? King Solomon says, Hashem, there's another way you can lose your money. Not physically. Spiritually, you might not enjoy it now. A guy might have all the money in the world. And he goes on vacation. He's upset. He's not happy about this. He doesn't like his room here. Or he's stressed about this. He's stressed about that. Guy relies on his money. But now it's not even bringing him happiness. He says, he says, in such a case, the money will be with him. But again, one day, it's going to be turned over to someone who deserves it, whether it's charity, whether it's children, and he's not going to be so happy while he has it. And that's, and that's really the message that, that King Solomon is saying in all these different lines um, where we're talking about what we're talking about. And let's say that doesn't happen. Let's say the guy loves his money. I'm happy. He didn't lose it. He's happy. He's eating, enjoying. It says even worse. Why is it even worse? If you have a guy, like you hear a lot about, a lot about these young billionaires. They get young. They get rich young. You know, they're not developed. Maybe they're a little arrogant. Maybe they're a little. And they have their money because they're spending it. Some of these celebrities, they're spending their money. So they're not losing it. They're spending it. They're enjoying it. They think they're enjoying it. And they're doing, hi, mama. Listening. What's what's the problem? He says, says, the wealth can become a source to, of harm to him and a spiritual destruction to his soul. Because, and by the way, King Solomon says it in Kohelet. He says, It can result in a guy's downfall because he believes in the power of his wealth. So You're distracting your spiritual... It's distracting spirituality. Maybe he's not nice to his wife. Maybe he's not so nice to his friends. Maybe he's not conducting business ethically. Maybe he's not happy with the simple things in life because he got so used to such a high, high lifestyle. So, so again, he's really driving it home because I guess the three most common things to rely on is, right, other people, your intelligence, your wealth. So he's really driving it home. And and to summarize what we just learned, the spiritual benefit of Bitachon is that someone gets the serenity and the peace and the calmness and the warmth and comfort of being a servant of Hashem, a servant. Because, and when I say servant, don't say, well, like a slave, there's slave labor. But I'm not talking about like slavery. We're not, we're not talking about being a servant. We're saying a guy who just has to show up to work. And, and we're not talking about an employee. But picture spiritually, you have a guy showing up, he does his job, everything else is taken care of. Everything else. The food, the housing, the medical, the this, the that. Now, someone who's ambitious might say, who wants that life? We're talking spiritual. We're not talking physical. Spiritually, imagine you get to go to work every day. You're making your money. You're doing it. Yeah, you come home. You're with your family. You go to sleep. You're full of sleep. You wake up and, and the money's rolling in. He's saying that's the benefit of someone bitachon and Hashem because you could have your cake and then eat it too. Hashem can give you the wealth. Hashem can give you the intelligence. And Hashem can also give you the peace of mind. And look in the Tanakh. Abraham Avinu was rich. The Tanakh tells us Abraham Avinu was rich. The Midrash says it. The Gemara says it. Yaakov Avinu, rich. Says, right? All our forefathers were rich, 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 rich men. Now, they worked hard. Yaakov Abinu worked decades by Lavan. Decades. They worked very hard, these men. But they had Bitachon and Hashem. So they still had peace. They were still able to sleep at night. They were still able to feel nice, feel relaxed. And they only relied on Hashem.